0: We made the switch two years ago to the digital price tags and I would never go back.
1: What are some of the other unintended benefits that maybe you didn't anticipate, but you're you're coming to learn to love with these digital tags?
0: The biggest unintended benefit was um, actually increased margin. I'd heard that that could, could be a possibility, but there was no way that I thought our margins would actually go up.
1: Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host Rob Stott. Anytime we get to talk to a member, uh, you know, it's always great to learn about their stores, about the their history, their story, uh, and just about them in general. And uh, it's no different where no matter where they come from uh, across this country, across you know the nationwide membership. But uh, today we are taken out to Cut Bank, Montana. Um, first time I get the opportunity to talk to someone from that great big state of Montana, and we're doing so with Jeff Billman the co-owner, uh, along with his parents, of Billman's in Cutbank. And Jeff has a, an awesome story. Billman's is a, a really, you know, a storied uh, retailer in Cutbank that got a for, about a 40-year history and started out in lumber and, and moved into, uh, you know, furniture, appliances. They got electronics as well and uh, do, doing flooring, all sorts of great stuff. But it's actually something uh, a little bit smaller, you know, physically smaller within the store that attracted us to Billman's and wanting to get Jeff on the podcast to talk, and that's their price tags. Uh, within the last two years, Billman's behind the uh, the a push from Jeff made the move to digital price tags and did so with Pricer, who is uh, recently announced as Nationwide's preferred partner of choice in that uh, digital price tag arena. And, uh, you know, great to hear not only the strategy behind the why, uh, you know, the, that Billman's and Jeff decided to go in this direction with their digital price tags, but you know what they've done since you know being installed throughout their store uh, at this point you know, as we come to learn Jeff and and the team there they're on you know furniture and appliances and some of those bigger items but uh, they're enjoying them so much that uh, as he explains they're looking to potentially expand as well and, and add more price tags throughout their store and onto the smaller items as well and um, just a, a cool story you know we've seen a lot of retailers adopt digital price tags and and do things with you know, these uh, these really robust offerings that are from Pricer and some of our other partners as well, but uh, cool to hear, you know, his take on them, kind of what they're doing with them and, uh, you know, what the, the ROI has been like, you know, in, the, in these short couple of years that they've had them. So uh, all in all, just a great conversation, one that uh, we had on the calendar for a bit and we're excited to dive into with Jeff. So let's go ahead and uh, just dive into this independent thinking podcast with Jeff Billman of Billman's. Mm-hmm. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and I am uh, pleased to be joined today. Um, I don't know that I've ever spoken with anyone from Montana. Uh, is that the, so, I, you know, I could check that off the list. So, Mr. Jeff Billman, I appreciate you calling in bright and early this morning from uh, Cut Bank, Montana. So, uh, uh, you know, looking forward to diving into this with you.
0: Yeah, we've been social distancing in Montana since before it was a thing. So it's not, <laughs> not uncommon for people who have never met somebody from Montana. How far is your closest neighbor? Um, you know, the closest town is 20 miles. So are you, are my actual neighbor? Yeah. Like you're, is it a mile down the road or is it, are you, are you guys town, but I mean, I'm still a good, I don't know, 500 feet to the closest, like my property line to the next person's better,
1: better than like the mile or two down the road that I was anticipating. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, no, awesome to, to get to catch up with you. Uh, co-owner along with your parents of, uh, Billman's up there in, as I mentioned, Cutbank, Montana. Um, you know, tell us a little about yourself, you know, how, how did you, obviously the family owned business, um, you know, this is, yep. has been something that's been in your family, but was it always something, uh, you know, retail always something you imagined getting into?
0: You know, I'm third generation. So I've been working at the source as middle school. So God, what, 25 years now, <laughs> that's kind of hard to believe, but you know, typical small town kid to where in high school, the last thing I thought I wanted to do was move back here and, and run the store. I mean, I want to do anything else. But I just, apparently it was kind of what I was into. I went to college, um, ended up picking business management as a major. I uh, eventually found myself even in college as the sales department manager for uh, appliances at Home Depot in uh, college. So got myself Were the, were the parents a little, uh, you know,
1: big box versus that, that mom and pop? How did they feel about that?
0: Um, you know, I think they knew it wouldn't last. It was one of those things where I was excited about it for a while. I'm like, you know, I could transfer. I could transfer around, move up to some other stores, eventually be a store manager for Home Depot. And eventually, I figured out I wasn't cut out for corporate life. I'm more of a small small business, be my own boss. I don't really like answering the to dark side,
1: The dark sides pull just wasn't that strong. <laughs> exactly. So
0: that was when I eventually decided, you know, I want to get back to Cut Bank, um, get back into the family business, and came back here after college and have been here since. And as you mentioned,
1: um, you know, third generation business has been around for, I, I think, a little over 40
0: years. Is that right? Yep. Started in 1979. Uh, my grandfather and father actually started it as a lumber yard originally so the store's been through a lot of changes going from lumber to hardware uh, actually they had a construction company before lumber and that was how they got into lumber and uh, appliances were kind of a late addition they were actually a, just got into speed queen laundry at one point and then went to magic chef and then when maytag bought magic chef went to maytag and then whirlpool bought maytag so now we are a whirlpool exclusive dealer so gotcha been- so uh,
1: you obviously a lot of evolution over that time. Um, you know, talk about some of the, you know, the the new businesses that appliances. What else do you guys? I think uh, True Value. Are you guys part of like? A, you're also a hardware store as well.
0: Yep. so we're a full line True Value um, hardware store, and then uh, we also do flooring. So our store is basically split into thirds, three different departments with a flooring department, hardware, and uh, appliances, and each one of them basically accounts for a third of our business. So it's it's kind of nice because you know you always have those cycles of, hardware's down, appliances are up, flooring's down hardware's up, you know. It's uh, when one's down, another one's always up to help carry things through. Gotcha. And
1: so, I mean, obviously, over time, businesses evolve, and things like that. What are you guys doing? Is it are you still looking to? Evolve? Are you always keeping an eye on on things that you could potentially add to the business? You know how how do you guys kind of uh, walk that line?
0: Yeah, we do. The hard part with us, we're in a really small town. Um, so our town is actually thirty five hundred people, but our drawing area is a hundred hundred miles around us. So we have a large drawing area. And we've gotten to the point now where, you know, when we started, there were three appliance stores in town. Now we're the only one. There used to be three hardware stores in town. Now we're the only one. You don't want to take over every industry in town or you kind of start looking like the bad guy. So, you know, I, I looked at one point I wanted to add lumber, but we had two lumber yards in town. My dad's like, no, we don't need to take that over. Um, so that's kind of the, the balancing act in a small town is you, you want to you want to provide things that other people don't. Yeah, we're, we're always looking to add new categories. Um, when I came back to call, from college, we actually started a furniture store as well. So we have a furniture and uh, uh, electronics store on a, a different location.
1: Gotcha. How do you, um, you know, what do you credit that to? The, the staying power of the business to be able to, you know, you mentioned those other other places going out. What is it that that kept Billman's around or, or made Billman's sort of the, the go-to choice there?
0: You know, a lot of it in a small town, everybody gets stagnant and they don't want to grow. You know, they want to keep doing things the same way that the previous generation did it. And my family's been really good that way about wanting to grow. Um, my gran- grandpa was good that way with my dad of if he wanted to change something, you know, change it and run with it. And my dad's been the same way with me since I've come back from college. Like he turned appliances over to me right away and just kind of got out of the way to where there, I'm sure I've made some decisions he didn't like. Um, he thought I was crazy when we started selling on our website, but it's worked out real well. Um, been a lot of things like that. Even I, I remember in college, I came home from Home Depot the one day and I was walking around our showroom. Like we have two stainless steel refrigerators on the floor, whereas Home Depot has two white. We got to start, you know, getting into this the new styles and into the, the new things, and just keeping up with the trends and constantly growing.
1: How what's that dynamic like? Uh, you know, obviously we, we hear about generations being passed on, um, not too often, or, or at least that we've been able to, to talk to on the uh, the podcast here. You know, where it's it's a a parent and and child dynamic. So wh- what's it like working with your parents and and being co-owners there
0: (laughs) it's good i mean not you know a lot of people my age would say they haven't seen their parents in weeks or months and i rarely like my parents are on vacation right now i haven't seen in a week and that's odd for me (laughs) um my mom actually was going through a cancer battle this last year and with covid they weren't able to work so not seeing them around the store for you know six eight months was was extremely strange and with that that was when things really started to get to where i was doing it my way and now with them coming back and being around the store more Uh now. Then there's a little bit of butting heads, but we do good about everybody has their own lane. You stay in your own lane. And, you know, if somebody has a better idea than another, you, you get voted out and we go with that idea. And then, you know, when the weekends and evenings roll around dinners, it's, it's family time. It's not, not business. Uh, my parents actually have a lake house that we all go to on the weekends a lot in the summer. And when we get up there, that's one of the rules. You don't talk about the store and it's just family time. So it, it definitely has its challenges, but it's fun. That's awesome. I, now,
1: I, another uh, you know, service that you guys offer, I, I saw service and repair is, is something you do. Has that always been the case for uh, Billman's?
0: Yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, I remember when I was younger, middle school, high school, our main delivery um, guy was actually doing the service, but that was back wow. when, you know, working on old speed queen washers, it, bailing wire, duct tape, zip ties, whatever it <laughs> took to fix it. You weren't working on control boards and electronics like you are now. Um, I think probably 20 years ago, we added an actual, um, you know, factory authorized service tech and we've been in that, that business ever since. Gotcha.
1: What's, um, you know, obviously service is something that nationwide recently, uh, made more of a, a push into with the service leaders network, um, and, and kind of offering training and support there. But, you know, what, what is it about service that, you know, makes it something that's beneficial to the business? Like, like why, you know, I know there's some appliance retailers that don't, Offer service necessarily. So, what is it that makes it a sort of an, an attractive thing for you guys to have as a service for your customers?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that's helped us grow our appliance business. Back when there were more stores in the area, somebody would buy one from a different different store, and then when they needed service, they'd call us for service, and it gets our foot in the door to where you know next time you're looking for an appliance, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you buy from us when we service it? Um, lately, it's a lot more of a challenge that way. You know, you get the customers that go buy at Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever, and they still expect you to come service it. And then right now we look like the bad guy when you can't get parts. So the service industry is one of those right now where I wish we didn't have to be in it, but there's not another servicer within hundred miles of us. So if I sell somebody a, a you know, $1,200 washing machine and six months down the road, tell them, sorry, I don't know who you call, then we're really in trouble. But so it's kind of a, a double-edged sword right now with service, it, it helps you grow the appliance business, but also a lot of times it makes us look like the bad guy when you can't get parts. And with us, we service a hundred mile radius. So you get a customer calls 80 miles away with a dead refrigerator and they want you there today when you already have 12 calls promised locally, it's a really tough thing to balance.
1: Yeah. I can imagine that. Now, is it the, the parts thing? Is that, do you think uh, strictly a, a COVID situation where, you know, things are in short supply or is it something yeah,
0: yeah. broader? Yeah, especially like cosmetic parts, like Whirlpool right now isn't shipping anything for cosmetic parts. So you, you deliver a damaged, you know, fr- fridge and try to order a door. You're not going to see it for a year probably. When when customers buy it from us with us doing service, they expect us to rob parts off our four models and stock <laughs> models, which usually isn't a big deal because you can go to another one. But right, right. now, when you go to another one, it takes three months. It it is a big deal. A little t- so it's now, Definitely had to be challenges like it, everything else.
1: Is it is it something that's gotten better uh, since the start of the pandemic, or, or kind of where do you feel you are in? No, that? I think
0: we're still right right where we were a year ago. Uh, that's what's baffling to me. And and it's not just appliances. We with us, that's sure. the nice part with doing the the three our four industries. It's furniture, it's hardware, it's flooring um carpets about the one that's not because carpet i mean it all it's there's no imports it's from dalton georgia and it's pr- produced right there to where they haven't had any issues but other than that every other industry we're in we're seeing the same thing
1: well and a uh, credit to your dad for keeping you out of lumber i know you know talking about furniture <laughs> that's a that's a space that's hit hard right now uh you know impossible to get get your hands on lumber for whether it's furniture or home projects it seems like that's one of the uh the materials that's in in incredibly short supply.
0: Yeah. I think you should have invested in plywood six months ago <laughs> instead of Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, well, I want to switch gears um, almost in a completely different direction because uh, the, the reason actually we first got in touch was um, something as simple as a price tag. Um, you know, I, I know you guys recently made the transition, uh, into the the digital age with price tags. So uh, talk about that a little bit. You know what it was like going from I, I assume paper tags and, and things like that, just posting them on what products or, or shelves uh, into these digital tags with Pricer.
0: Yeah, I mean we, we'd always been on the MIC data tags before, so we were we were at least having the the nicer and looking printed tags. Um, and then we were at the New Orleans primetime uh, five years ago, probably. For, I think it was the first time that Pricer was there and sent sent a little tag out with everybody in their packet. And I remember looking at them like, God, this would be awesome to have in our store. Imagine the time it would save. And that was my big thing at that time was thinking of, of the time savings. Then I looked at the expense of it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if my time's worth that much. It doesn't take me that long to get it priced. So it took me a couple of years to make the decision to uh, pull the trigger on it. Uh, but we made the switch two years ago to the digital price tags, and I would never go back. I mean, I'm happy enough that I've actually am working on them right now to uh, look at starting aisle by aisle doing our hardware section because Hardware right now the prices are changing so fast, just like lumber, that you know you take an aisle that has 300 tags and you go to reprice that aisle, you've got a you know four hour project for one of your employees, and then two weeks later it might change again. So I'm um, looking at changing more of the store over to the digital price tags.
1: What uh what was it that you know you mentioned? Obviously the investment and things like that, all all the things you have to consider before making that kind of uh, a transition. What was it that was there? One thing that pushed you over the edge and said, "All right, now's the time to do it."
0: Yeah, it was probably when, when we started. I decided to go live with the, the shopping cart on our website as well, where you could actually um, shop online. And when I did that, I knew I had to get my pricing in line on the website. Um, that was what was holding me back before, was I thought it was going to be too hard to run the pricing off there. But when, once I went over and started, I mean, we, I just switched to market pricing. i um, at market pricing, every item on our floor, all day, every day. And thought, you know, it'd be awesome to have my floor match the website. Let's just, let's do it and switch to the digital at that point, because it really helped me with getting, getting to the point to be able to sell online, because now I I know my pricing's right. If I bring a new model on my floor, I scan that tag and go to start a new tag. If it pops up and says, ask associate, I know I've got a problem on my website. So it's a, it's a good double check.
1: Yeah. Explain market pricing for, for someone that's not familiar with, you know, how, how price tags work and things like that. What, what does that mean? And you know, when you, why make that decision?
0: Okay. So with market pricing, you know, they give you a lot of different columns on your, your app that you can use to set your pricing and you've got map, you've got Lowe's, you got Home Depot and you can set your market. So for me and my market, I just use Depot and Lowe's to set the market. I don't have a best buy within 200 miles of me. Um, We don't really have Sears around here anymore. So that's my two main competitors. And that's what I use as my market. Well, and now you have to add Whirlpool in there since they're selling against us online. Um, So Whirlpool is also listed as part of my market for a competitor. And I set mine to be the lowest between MAP, MSRP, and market. So if or Lowest doesn't have it on their site, like the, say, a 6230 pair that's a retail exclusive, then it automatically goes to MAP, which is going to be a good margin item. Whereas before, if I was doing handwritten tags, I'd look at that one and think, I have to have that marked down a little bit. And no, you don't, because you're still going to be the lowest price around when somebody searches online going with MSRP. So the way I've got it set, I'm the lowest between those three all the time.
1: So this, this is not only is
0: it a time saver in,
1: in ripping and replacing and writing new tags, but also doing the research for you.
0: Exactly. And it's, it makes it easier on my salespeople too, to where when somebody comes in, well, what if I buy a fridge stove and dishwasher, you going to take 15% off? No, I'll make sure that we're the lowest priced around. And I can guarantee you it's going to be the lowest price you have. So we've got an iPad on the sales floor. If somebody starts, you know, trying to dick around price. Pull up that iPad and show them. Hey, look right here. We are the lowest price around. We're the exact same as Home Depot. We're the same as Lowe's. You're not going to find it cheaper anywhere else.
1: Now, what What are um, you know, some of the other unintended benefits or, or things like that that you know, as you're, I think you said two years into it now with these with these tags that maybe you didn't anticipate, but you're you're coming to learn to love with uh, these digital tags.
0: The biggest unintended benefit was um, actually increased margin. I mean, I. I'd heard that that could, could be a possibility, but there was no way that I thought our margins would actually go up. I thought we'd probably stay the same because you're going to have some things that some prices that drop, some that will probably go up a little bit. And the first time I noticed it was Black Friday because we always meet the box stores at the bottom to where when they drop it down to 6% margin ticket, we're at the same. But then we never come back up to meet them at the top. And I had, I'd had the year, that was actually one of the things that drove me towards doing it was the year before I had a salesman caught me. And he says, do you know we're $500 cheaper than Home Depot on this refrigerator? And it was because I hadn't pulled a Black Friday tag in time to where we didn't go back up when they went up. And now watching that, our margins have gone up. Um, our sell-throughs have gone up. And when I look through tickets at the end of the day, I'll see, say I see a microwave go through, um, you know, everyone's told they'll run something crazy, 2%, 1%, somewhere in there. But then you look up the sell-through and it's got a big sell-through on the back end of it. I mean, the box stores aren't stupid. We we might like to criticize them and act like they're stupid, but they're not. They're not in this business to lose money. So if you're matching their price, you know there's some back end money there to cover it. And that was by far the biggest surprise was that our margins went up.
1: That that's incredible. And and now you know you mentioned the um, the market pricing and things like that. Is that something like if you stood in your store and stared at a price tag for a day, uh, it, could you see that price fluctuate throughout the day?
0: No, I switched mine now to where they really only they only update at night. Um, we actually did. I did have them set to where it run updates constantly whenever the website would. And it got a little unnerving. You know, you'd have a customer standing in front of a washer and dryer and all of a sudden the price goes to- up $100 in the middle of the day. And yeah, I, I didn't want to do that. The other thing I've I've had to do with my salespeople is if a customers in on a Monday looking at something and they come back Tuesday or Wednesday and, you know, they've got their printout showing, hey, you showed me that this was $599 now at $699. We'll still go back to that price. Um, but only to a couple days. And the customers know that when they leave the store that we're only guaranteeing those prices for a couple of days.
1: Now, I, I know we're talking about a lot of backend technology uh, with these things, uh, an app and things like that to manage them. Is, is it a big learning curve or was it a big learning curve for you guys to to get this up and running?
0: It wasn't for me because I was already running the website. Um, we've actually been with um, all your a- AYR1, I guess now is what they go by since they were all your furniture.com. So before they were ever with Nationwide, they were with our furniture buying group that we were in at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been with them forever. So I was already running that side of it. So it wasn't a huge learning curve there. But, I mean, the pricer app is so easy to run that you know, with us being out here in rural Montana, they couldn't get somebody out here to get the install done in time for me. I did the install myself, and they they got me a credit for covering the install myself. So it's not something that's difficult to run whatsoever.
1: Um, and, and I mean, you mentioned obviously the um, the the return. I mean, you guys, it's it's increased margins, things like that. Um, the, the time saving, you know, is it something, you know, have you seen an ROI on it or or is it something you're still kind of waiting on at this point? Oh, no,
0: absolutely. We've seen a a return on it. I mean, like I say, between the margin, increased sales, and then with combining it with, you know, it it makes you manage your website better too. So I think that'd be a big advantage to people that aren't managing their website. Once you have the price or tags, you've got to manage your website because that's what, where your pricing is coming from. And I mean, the amount of sales that we see generating from our website, we always had the people to come in with the printouts. You know, I found this on your website, but now I, I, I go through once a week and update what's in stock too. And with in-stock appliances right now, we've got people driving from 150, 200 miles away to buy appliances from us because they can't find it cheaper and they can't find it in stock anywhere. So, and then the tags are what really drove that for, for setting it in stock and having your pricing match. So yeah, it's been huge for us.
1: And, and that's, I mean, even whether you're talking pandemic market or not, when um, things like that, you know, I, I think people looking for something that they can get right now has always been a, a driver of, of, you know, whether they, where they decide to shop or what they decide to buy something like that. Uh, but to see it now, now, are you noticing customers sort of interacting with you in your stores differently? Like, the, is the customer experience different because of these tags? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, this last year, it really was. I mean, it was really lucky to have these tags this last year because a lot of people did not want a salesman helping them. They were either shopping online and coming in just strictly to see the product before they before they get it loaded up, or they weren't even coming in the store. And that helped them a lot because you watch, and the, the especially the younger generation that comes in shopping, if, if they don't have a salesman with them, the first thing they do is they look at a tag, they pull out their smartphone, and they're on the internet searching the price. So when you're standing there and they won't let you wait on them, if you didn't have those tags and you didn't know you're the lowest price, there's a good chance you're gonna see them walk without them even giving you a chance to talk to them. Whereas with the tags, you know they're not gonna find it cheaper anywhere else. I mean, the looks on some of the people's faces, especially like the November months with uh, Black Friday and all yep. the promotions going on, when they pull out their phone and see that we're the same as what Home Depot and lowest Black Friday pricing is, it, it really drives the confidence up in the consumer.
1: And, and kind of yourself as well, I imagine it's kind of like a ha you're you're wasting some of your own time there, like <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> watching them search, knowing that you are the lowest price.
0: When, especially where we're at, because with us being in a small town, and our nearest real competition is 120 miles away, which everybody thinks is an advantage, but to a certain extent, it's not. Because before, when people really wanted to shop, like the internet was a good thing for us, because if people wanted to shop, they'd drive to Great Falls, where there's four or five stores, and they can shop Home Depot, they can shop an independent, they can shop, you know, multiple places. And once they leave and they drive down there it's a shopping day for them at that point. It's They're not just there to buy a washer. They're there because it's a day out of cut bank and they get to shop around. And once you lose them down there, even if you were the same price, you probably weren't getting them back. Whereas now with people shopping price via the internet and phones, we're beating them before they ever leave our store. So we don't, we don't see near as many walking and then going to check price elsewhere.
1: That's awesome. And now I know you mentioned, um, you know, you've seen the, the benefit of these already and Uh, Looking to expand. So, you have them. How are they set up in your store right now? Yeah, you only have like, do you have them on appliances? You mentioned possibly looking to expand into
0: hardware. Right now, I just strictly have them on appliances and Traeger. And yeah, I'm looking to expand into hardware. Hardware is going to be expensive because it's, you know, 8,000. So, there's a lot of items in there. So, I'm trying to right now, I'm going through trying to figure out which aisles are going to change the fastest. So, right now, it's plumbing and electrical is what's changing the fastest. So, that's probably going to be where I start. And my, so we've got 16 aisles worth of hardware. I want to try to get to where I do four a year, trying to break it up a bit and cost. Okay.
1: Well, the, the cool thing about that though, is that it shows that, you know, these, these digital tags have a purpose, whether it is on a, a big item, like an appliance that you can put a big tag on down to sort of those, those hook and pegs and, and things like that, that you could put a tag on the front of, and uh, you're still going to find value no matter the, the size of the product or, or where it is in the store. Exactly. No, that, that's awesome. And, I mean, cool to hear. Uh, you know, it's we we've seen a lot of info on these tags. We we talk about them a lot, sort of, you know, amongst ourselves and, and with the vendor partners as well. But to hear someone using it and the the benefits and how it's changed the uh, the experience for you in the store, and then also just increased confidence, like it, it, peace of mind. It's almost peace of mind because of these tags. So, uh, Jeff, I, I appreciate you sh- taking the time and sharing the story and. Uh, you know, like I said, at the top crossing off of my list, being able to talk to someone from Montana. So (laughs) not a problem. (laughs) No, this was, this was great. I appreciate your time and, uh, you know, look forward to catching up soon.
0: Sounds good. Thanks.
1: All right. And thank you again to Jeff for taking time and and waking up early for us out there in Montana and uh, calling into the podcast and, talking price tags uh, talking more specifically digital price tags and everything that they've been able to do with pricer so uh, cool to hear like i said at the top you know all the things that they've been able to uh, improve within their store uh, improve within their experience and streamline as well so just a cool opportunity to see those digital price tags in action and and hear from a, a member using them just what they've brought to the table so Uh, Appreciate Jeff, and of course, as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we will catch you next time.